Blaise Pascal, the French philosopher and theologian, wrote, All of men's miseries derive from not being able to sit quietly in a room alone. That was 400 years ago. Uh, And I would say that for many of us today, that statement could be true for us also. We often keep life busy and full of distractions. And psychologists have different explanations for why that is the case uh, for us. Some argue that it is a sense of seeking approval, uh, that uh, in doing more things, uh, we feel like we may be able to make up for approval that is lacking or has been lacking in our lives. Uh, Others uh, argue that it's for a sense of accomplishment. The idea of doing more things and having more things to do kind of shows a a level of kind of status uh, and maybe even a sense of wealth because you're able to do all of these things. Brene Brown argues, for many, it's a way to numb ourselves. Uh, it's a way for us to distract ourselves from the, uh, the hard things that we may be walking through in this life. And so we keep ourselves full of distractions, busy all of the time, and our minds don't have to sit with some of those hard things that this life presents. The reality is that the, the busyness and the, the life of distractions has many different explanations for different individuals. But regardless of what those reasons are, this kind of life is a reality for many. And our culture today uh, really pushes this busy and distracted way of life and the effects can be quite burdensome on us. Uh, The more busy an individual finds themselves, uh, the more likely that they'll report feeling very fatigued and uh, exhausted all of the time. The the more likely that an individual is going to uh, express symptoms of depression and anxiety, of course the reality is, is not only does this busy and distracted life affect our physical Bodies or our mental and emotional state, it affects our spiritual lives too. We often keep ourselves so busy that we have little to no time for God. Busyness has changed. The distractions may look quite different than what they used to look like, but it's nothing new. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. I've titled today's sermon, At the Feet of Jesus. The story that we're going to see today, it's a short passage that we're looking at, uh, but the story that we're going to see today ties into this. Uh, We see some similarities to those themes of, of busyness and distractions, and today's text is going to call us to a better way. So I'm going to read these five verses for us, Luke 10, 38 to 42, and then I will pray for us. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. While they were traveling, 
he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, your word is good and true, and we confess that again this week as we do each week. And God, we pray for you to work. Work in our minds. Help us believe. Work in our hearts. Help us respond, Holy Spirit, as you would desire us to. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Today's text uh, has one point for us, one kind of central truth that we need to hold on to, and that is this. Jesus is worthy of our undivided attention. Jesus is worthy of our undivided attention. So back in verse 38, we see it says, While they were traveling... He entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed her into I'm sorry, welcomed him into her home. So on the journey, a few weeks ago we saw that Jesus uh, set his face to go to Jerusalem. He determined to go to Jerusalem, and they enter this village while they're on their way, and Martha welcomes him into her home. Now, if you remember, if you've been here as we've been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has previously sent out 72 of his disciples in pairs and instructed them to go into the villages that he's going to be going to and prepare them for the coming of the Messiah. And they were supposed to go in and heal anyone who was sick, and they were supposed to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And Jesus gave them instructions for for preparing way for Jesus as he's going to come into those towns and villages and all the places that he was going. And so it's likely that two of Jesus' disciples that he had sent out had gone to Martha's village, shared the good news of the kingdom, told them the the Messiah is coming, the promised one is on his way, be ready for him. The text doesn't tell us that for sure, but it's likely what happened. And when Jesus shows up in the town, uh, Martha is ready to welcome him into her home. Then in verse 39 and verse 40, We see two sisters with two different responses. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. 
So Martha's sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. This would be the place of a disciple, which for a rabbi to have a woman sitting at his feet, it was radical and unheard of at the time. Uh, This was unacceptable practice at the time. But remember, uh, Luke has been showing us through the gospel that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. And so Luke includes more stories that, that show faithful women following Jesus, serving Jesus, supporting Jesus. Luke shares more stories about Jesus' ministry to the Gentiles. He wasn't here for a select few. He was the Savior of the world. And Mary is sitting at the feet of her Savior, learning from the Savior, hanging on His every word, Everything that he had to say, she wanted to hear it. She didn't want anything to take her away from that moment. She's learning from him. And then in verse 40, we've got uh, a different response from Martha. And it says that Martha is distracted by her many tasks. Distracted by her many tasks. The word in the original language for distracted there gives the kind of image of something pulling someone away. Dragging them away from what they want to be doing or what they want to be a part of. And so uh, with that, we get the idea that Martha wants to be at the feet of Jesus. She wants to hear what Jesus has to say. But there's so many other things that are going on. So many other tasks that need to be taken care of that she's dragged away constantly to go and take care of other preparations, other things that she feels like, I, I've, got to, I've got to do this. And she's probably feeling quite frustrated, but I just want to hear what he had to say. I missed it. She's distracted by her many tasks. And as she looks across the room and sees Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, doing nothing to serve, doing nothing to care for those guests that are in the home. And the frustration starts to build in her. And she finally goes to Jesus. And we see that in this, she also seems to be a little bit frustrated with Jesus too. Don't you care? Jesus, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the serving, all the work on my own. She's just sitting there doing nothing. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. Tell her, get up, go do something. She's upset. And she kind of lashes out with these words. And Jesus' response is a correction to her thinking. Uh, Jesus, in verse 41 and 42, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken from her. Now, when Jesus says her name twice, 
uh, this was an indication of like a, a close personal caring relationship it it signifies some intimacy between the two and i don't mean romantic intimacy i mean that he truly loves and cares for her so his correction is not going to be harsh he wants her to know by saying her name twice like listen 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 to what i have to say right now i care about you martha and so he says i can tell You've got a lot of things burdening you. You've got a lot of stuff weighing you down. Lots of things that are pulling you away and distracting you. And you're troubled by this. But there's something that's more important than all of these things that are weighing on you. There's something that's more significant than everything that you feel it has to get taken care of. And in verse 42, he says, there's one thing that's necessary. There's one thing that's more important than anything else in this world. Now, think about what Martha might have been doing. We don't know for sure. The text doesn't go into detail. But she has welcomed Jesus and a group of individuals into her home she references that she's having to serve alone. And so she's likely preparing food, preparing the meal that will feed Jesus and His disciples. She might be preparing a place for them to get some rest. She's serving the Messiah. These are important things. But there's something far more important And so Jesus says, look, there's a necessary thing. The most important of things. And that's what Mary has chosen. Mary's made the right choice in this situation. And what's Mary doing again? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's learning from the Savior, the promised one. She's listening and learning from Him. And Jesus says, that's the most important thing. This is the necessary thing that you need right now. You feel pulled in all kinds of different directions. There's one thing you desperately need. Now, don't forget, just in the timeline of things, what we've talked about, if you've been here as we've walked through the Gospel of Luke, just a few weeks ago is when we saw Jesus set His face, determined to go to Jerusalem. He is going to go to the city, be rejected, and then die on a cross for our sins. And scholars, based, based off of other timelines throughout the Gospels, believe this is within the last six months of Jesus' life. Now, sitting at the feet of Jesus, the Savior of the world, the divine Son of God, this is important at any point in time, but just in the timeline of what they're going to have with Jesus. They are going to see Him, Scripture records one more time, right before the crucifixion. That's likely going to be it. And so, in that context, when Jesus is about to go to the city and die for their sins, 
the urgency is there in that timeline. The most important thing is not to make sure that the meal's perfect. It's not to make sure that the room's perfectly ready. The most important thing, the most the necessary thing, is taking time to be with the Savior. And that's what God wants for us, too, in our lives. You remember God's instruction at the transfiguration in Luke 9, verse 34 and 35. We see this. While he was saying this, a cloud appeared and overshadowed them. They became afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, the Chosen One. Listen to Him. God the Father telling those disciples that were on the mountain with Jesus, this is the Promised One. This is the Chosen One. Listen to what He has to say to you. Learn from Him. Obey Him. He's the divine Son of God. Listening to Him would be the most important thing that any human being could ever do. It's the one necessary thing. And so what Mary has come to understand, and the thing that we need to be reminded of this morning when we are hurried and distracted and busy with so many things, and they may even be good things, is that Jesus is worthy of our undivided attention. Think of what just the Gospel of Luke has presented the Savior as so far, right? We've seen Jesus presented as the Son of God. We've seen that He's the promised Messiah, that He's the Savior of the world. He's the one with all authority. He's the one that has perfect compassion for us when He looks at us and sees our broken lives and the lives that have been ruined by sin and He has perfect compassion for us. He's the one who can forgive our sins. He's the Lord over all creation. We confess these to be true about Jesus. We believe them and so much more about our Savior, and since that is true, He is worthy of our undivided attention. And so that's what I want to challenge us with today. We need to be intentional about giving Him our undivided attention. That's part of the reason why I've stuck with Luke for the long haul, right? We've been in Luke for nine months now, and we haven't even made it to the halfway point yet. But my, my hope is week in and week out we will be reminded of this is who our Savior is. This is who we worship. This is who we follow. This is the one that rescued us. And I want us sitting at the feet of Jesus every week. I want to hold out Jesus as the one person that we can actually put our hope in. But we need more time than just Sunday morning. And so for us, there's two ways that we need to do that. Reading God's Word and spending time in prayer. But our problem is we often find ourselves like Martha. I've got things going on that are dragging me away. 
I've got things that are distracting me. I have so many things happening. I don't have time. And our busy and distracted hearts believe that to be true often. I don't have time to sit down and read God's Word. I don't have time to sit down and pray. And some of us, our lives are busy with really good things. But if we're letting the really good things distract us from the one most important necessary thing, those can't be good any longer. And so, with the many distractions that we're facing, and they may look different for each one of us, but many of us find ourselves in this reality. With the many distractions dragging us away from time with our Savior, I want us to be intentional. Uh, One of my classes in seminary, we actually, uh, it was on the spiritual life. And so we had assignments, which seems kind of odd, but we had assignments that were personal prayer time, personal study time. Uh, And one of the things that we had to do is for some of our assignments is we had to set alarms and reminders of I'm going to stop when this alarm goes off. I'm going to stop and spend time in prayer. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to make it a priority to read the Word of God at a specific time. And so we need to Some of us may need to set some reminders, be intentional in saying, I'm going to commit to this. Yes, I've got a lot going on, but I'm going to take some time to spend at the feet of Jesus. And so I'm going to offer a challenge for us. I would love for you to join me in this. For the next couple of weeks, would you join me in each day reading one chapter from the Gospel of Mark? Right, Mark, 16 chapters long, so just over two weeks, we can work through the Gospel of Mark and just see another story of uh, a presentation of who Jesus is. And what I would like you to do, if you're going to join me in this, is before you read that chapter, just pray, God, show me something that I need to see about my Savior today. Show me something about Jesus today. And after you read your chapter, spend a couple of moments uh, just reflecting on what you've seen Jesus do there, what God's revealing to you through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then ask God, God, would you work in me through the power of the Holy Spirit? Make me more into the man or the woman or the child that you want me to be. That challenge is not to give you one more thing to do, right? I don't want you to think of it as like, okay, well, I'm so busy, and now I've also got to add in a a reading a chapter a day, and I've got to add in a specific prayer time. It's not just to give you another another task. My hope is for each of us, as we will slow down, is that will start to be shaped more and more into the image of Jesus, right? As we get to know Him, that the Holy Spirit will work in us and keep shaping us into His image, which God's Word tells us that He's doing. So I hope that you'll join me in that. I'll send some reminders out. We'll post some reminders on online about that. But join me starting tomorrow with a chapter a day in the, in the Gospel of Mark and just spend a little bit of time with Jesus and ask God to change you uh, through that. Church, every day, 
we face distractions that pull us away from Him. And so today we're reminded in the, uh, in the life of Mary that Jesus is worthy of our undivided attention. So let's commit to spending time with Him. Uh, let's commit to setting aside some time to, to learn from Him and be changed by Him. He is worthy of this. And He is the one necessary thing that we all desperately have in this hurried and busy, distracted world. Join me in that, please. Let's pray. God, we thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your patience with us. God, we confess that we oftentimes keep ourselves so busy that we do not spend time in Your Word. We do not spend time in prayer as we should. Keep working in us. Keep shaping us into the image of Jesus. Use us for Your glory, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's time for us to celebrate communion together. We invite all who have trusted in Jesus for salvation to join us in this remembering of our Savior. If you've not trusted in Jesus yet, if you've not believed in Him for the forgiveness of your sins, what we would ask is instead of taking this reminder that was given to the church, instead of taking those things, spend this as an opportunity to think about what you've heard Think about what you've seen as people have committed their lives to following Him. Think about the message that you're going to hear in this, about the life that's available to us in Jesus. And if you want to know more about trusting in Him, please schedule a time to meet with me. I'd love to share more of the Gospel with you. For the guests that are joining us in communion today, the elements were on the back table. If you didn't get those, you can grab those now. Uh, what I'll do is I'll share a short uh, kind of a reminder from God's Word uh, of what this is and why we are doing this. Uh, then I'll pray for us and read the, the uh, first Lord's Supper passage from Matthew, and then we'll take all of the elements together at the end. And so I'll, I'll give instructions for when it's time for that. But first, reading from the Gospel of John... In chapter 6, we see Jesus talking about that He is the bread of life. And so, John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to Me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in Me will ever be thirsty again. And then skipping down further into the chapter at verse 47 through 51, Truly I tell you, that anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says He's the bread of life. I taught that it's through Him we have life. 
uh, He would become a sacrifice for us. He would die for our sins, taking the punishment that we deserve. Now, this image that He gives to these people in this crowd of eating His flesh disturbed many in the crowd. However, it's to be a picture of receiving Him. When we eat and drink things, we receive them into our bodies. And it is through eating and drinking that our bodies are sustained, that our life is sustained. And so that image is supposed to remind us that it's by receiving Jesus, by putting our faith in Him or believing in Him, that it's through Him we have life eternal life because of Jesus. And so as we take these reminders today in these elements, as Scripture has told us to do, we're remembering that it's Jesus' body was given for us, that His blood was shed for us, and that in Him we have life. Let me pray for us as we get ready to take these. Father, thank You for this reminder Thank You for today. We thank You for the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we thank You for becoming the sacrifice for our sins so that we could be given new life. Holy Spirit, we thank You for opening our eyes and giving us faith to believe. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, before He went to the cross to die for our sins, we see and we read these words of the first Lord's Supper. This is from Matthew 26, starting in verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is My body. Then He took a cup And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So taking your bread, this is the body of Christ given for you. And taking your cup, this is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Praise God. As I pray, the the worship team is going to come up to lead us in our closing song. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithful love continues to be poured out daily to us. Today we've seen reminders of that, God, and we thank You. We thank You for what we've seen in the baptisms. We thank You for uh, the opportunity to take communion. We thank You for the opportunity to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ for the purpose of worship. Heavenly Father, bless us. And continue to make us into the people you desire us to be. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.